Hi, welcome back to MessCast. It's currently 3.20 p.m. on the 1st of January, 2024. And let me tell you, I'm not one for New Year's resolutions or making lists of that sort. I feel like that's more of kind of um, do it around your birthday. That's that's the new year for you as the human. If you're going to do stuff like that, do it around your birthday. Um, but there is something to be said about the collective energy that exists in the egregore of the common new year in whatever your culture is. And... Uh, I found out... Um, last night, I guess, that one of my friends moved. She's, she's out. She's gone now. She'll be back at some point to visit, but, and to take care of some stuff with her property. But, um, she didn't fuck around. She just took care of business and got rid of a lot of stuff, had a little bit of help and hit the road. And... Her sentiment is very much she's sick of having to take care of anything but herself. And her daughters are old enough to take care of themselves. And so she's going on this new chapter of her existence. And I miss that feeling, I guess, um, to some degree. Uh, I was making some comment about it actually yesterday that this stirring is happening and it's funny because whenever this happens and I actually initiate it, um, then I'll start to get calls from the place that I'm disengaging from to try and get me re-involved. <laughs> and I don't know that there's anything here that I want to be involved with uh, if I don't have to be. The art scene here is not for me. Um, yeah. And so then that leads me to today. I was woken up by the vehement yelling of the people below me. And he was saying, you stupid, dumb cunt. You know, and just on repeat, the aggressive yelling of unhappy people and I have my own trauma and I realize that daily I'm being secondhand re-traumatized by a situation that I can't help I can't fix I've tried to be helpful where I can and try and help the lady um, get away from the situation but her entire embodiment is hopelessness and she's self-admitted and I think empathically like I'm soaking up this hopelessness and I myself am not hopeless, but 
the effect of absorbing hopelessness appears to me as paralysis. And I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And I'm, you know, disassociating to try and cope with it. And disassociation could be a lot of different things. Um, I oftentimes therapize but disassociate with my artistic endeavors. So anyway, um, in this paralysis and the accumulation of things that oftentimes go unused because I lack the space to use them or display them or um, even hang hang or fold and put away, you know, it's, so I started feeling suffocated and, um, in my suffocation, I started pacing, just looking around at like anything I can throw in the trash, anything I can put in a donation pile, uh, anything that somebody might want to buy because it's in great condition. And that's my response to this. And I went to take my trash outside. And I, well, it was pretty much recycling, but I had to throw it into the garbage because all of the bins are full. But mostly they're just full of alcohol containers. And as I'm looking at this, and I know that this is part of the problem below me, you know? I'm just like, this doesn't represent me as a person. But I'm in the fold of this. And it's insane. And I don't like it. And then I found out that the space of the garage is rented out and it's tinier than where I live at $800 a month. And that's when I feel that hopelessness again where it's like, I pay half that and I'm overwhelmed with my lack of space and the cost for what I get, you know? Because I just don't think like a capitalist. I think like a human. I think about what's important for people to have. And it shouldn't drain you your whole life. Or cost you an arm and a leg every month. To fucking have a roof over your head and running water. And warmth. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I've probably over the last couple months taken five large garbage bags full of things to Goodwill and it's still not enough. Like, just my art supplies 
and works in progress with finished pieces alone is overwhelming to me. And I think with artwork, art supplies, art supplies specifically are easily re-procured. And if you're creative enough, you don't even need conventional paints or whatever. You can paint with coffee and tea and um, you can keep the to-go bag of supplies light and easy if you're working with watercolors and you know have a good set of brushes whatever I love the fact that I have all these different things that I could create a bigger thing with but I don't have the space to make the bigger things or to even conceptualize the bigger things and start using what I have and it I'm pretty sure that there is a hoarding gene in my family and mine is active, but I'm aware of it and I'm trying to navigate not being a hoarder. And it's really tough um, because everything you look at is like, Oh, I, I could use this or I'll u- I'll probably use this in the future sometime. We're just in the now present moments. But say if I didn't have this box of wigs and I sat here and I felt like making a video and I wanted to be in a character, I'd be like, I wish I had a wig, you know, or I'd be missing the fact that I didn't have them. And I think, like, my nieces and nephews are all still pretty young. But I'm like, oh, but, like, what about in the future? Like, we could do some fun things. They might be interested in this. Maybe her feet will fit into those. Um, All our stuff is this buffer of comfort when we need the most basic things taken care of and (laughs) we work so hard just to get the basic things taken care of it costs us most of our life energy just making the money to keep the basics going and then we soothe ourselves by buying other things (sighs) and we like our nostalgia I'm I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from my living situation with the trauma and the yelling and the dancing around people's energy. I'm tired of looking at these big plastic bins that hold things that obviously I don't need right now, but might want later like one of these bins is just full of spare towels why 
you never know when you're going to need extra towels. Like, And then you have the towels that you like to use every day, but like, if you have to wash your dog or something like that, you have different towels. I have more towels than I need. I have more... I just have more stuff than I need in general. But there's this part of me that it, the part that still has hope, right? Which is, um, but maybe someday I'm going to have the space to display the things and hang the things. And I'll be so happy that I kept that because it, it fits and it's also nostalgic and it reminds you of some other time and place the money's running low make it all the way to August, it'll be three years here, and I can't. I just, I can't. Time has gone by very, very quickly, and not a lot has changed. I don't know how to alleviate my paralysis. Um, oftentimes in my life, when I felt paralyzed, it's just that I reach a breaking point of kind of going a little crazy and being imp seemingly impulsive. And I never really liked that because it was generally brought on by rage or disgust or anger and, uh, we're learning more about fight, flight, and freeze. I think that uh, I'm well acquainted with all three of those responses now. And um, I don't know that I've ever had a freeze <laughs> quite like this one has been. Because <laughs> I've had everything. Like, the whole time I've had my needs met, I haven't had to worry about how my needs would be met. i just taking care of business and living and getting comfortable with the idea of not pushing so hard or having to take care of other people and da-da-da-da-da. And... I don't know that I got any better at taking care of myself. In fact, I think that that has diminished way more than I would like, uh, given the situation. However, it was nice not to have that constant worry of how am I going to do this? How, you know? 
but now I'm back to how am I going to do this? How, because I'm at the flight, I'm frozen, but I want to flee and I don't know how to, I don't know where to go. And I don't know, I feel like I might have to take a different perspective with what I have and what I need and what I want. And if just getting the fuck out of here is the priority, then lighter is better because everything pretty much can be reacquired in one way or another and I've found in my life when I truly need something um, and sometimes even want something it just appears so it's like I've been wearing this ring that my grandma gave me from my granddad's brother's wife they didn't have any children so she inherited this ring and then she gave it to me and apparently it's worth a pretty penny I I wear it I've been wearing it because I like it and it's silly to have it sitting in a box and also sometimes I feel drawn to wear it because depending on what finger I put it on it can deter people from being weird and lecherous um but then, it's a really nice ring. I could probably get 10000 maybe. I don't know. For it. I don't know. But, like, oh, if I just sell the ring, and I sell some, sell my sewing machines, even though I want to sew, and I have to um, sell that sell my car, get something bigger that can accommodate me and my animals, um, and just hit the road and hope for the best, but I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. That's been the problem the whole time is like, the map in my mind that before used to tell me where to go is not telling me where to go. And I feel strongly deterred from going back to where I've been and then I have the feelings of but I've never had a desire to go there or there or there like that's not the region for me So I'm putting it out there because this is, you know, something we have to learn. And this last situation really taught me before I moved in here. Uh, you got to be willing to ask for what you want. 
and uh, I don't, I can't clearly see all the specifics, but what I do know is I want out of here to better. I want that. I want peace. I want my choice of loud or quiet. Um, I want space. And I don't necessarily want to sacrifice everything that I do have to have to restart. It sucks restarting. I mean, it can be refreshing, but it's When you don't want for much, um, it's easy to go with very little for a long time. And I still, I mean, even though I feel like I have a lot, I really don't have much. I mean, I have some stuff I can't see right now because it's in the bus at my parents. But it's like I have a table in there. Well, You know, I'd love to be able to use that table. It's small enough for me, but it folds out and can be two times bigger. It's good quality, old school craftsmanship. But I don't have space for it here. Like, I have... The only actual piece of like furniture furniture that I have here that I own is my bed frame and mattress. Even this fold out camping chair in front of me is somebody else's that I should probably return it to them at some point. Um, Oh yeah, and a free office chair that I found one day. I didn't get this dresser. I don't want this dresser. The big ass desk. I don't want it. It's cumbersome. It's huge. It takes up space. Getting those two things out of here would be great. But you know what? Then I have to figure out how to store my clothes that I've been shoving in the dresser. I just don't know what to do with everything. And I think that some people, like I kind of wish I had this mentality or just throw it in the trash people. I can't I can't in good consciousness just throw things in the trash willy-nilly. Like I pulled out one drawer, I was going through my underwear and I was like, "Okay, yeah, this pair of underwear is it's expired. It needs to go into the trash because I know a lot of different ways people make money there's a weird part of my brain that says uh you could sell that there is some gross person gross is subjective I guess there is some person out there that would probably buy those panties for $50 And you could avoid the landfill. But then, I'm like, but then you have to, 
create a new screen name, you know, and figure out where you can create an account to be able to make transactions like that. And you probably want to invest in a vacuum sealer to be able to ship these things through the mail. Like, and then you're going to have to get a P.O. box because you don't want anybody to know your actual mailing address because, you know, anybody who wants used underwear might be interested in hunting you down if they like your smell or something. I don't know. See, that's where paralysis comes in is I'm, I'm like trying to avoid the landfill with a bunch of shit, but also trying to make money, but I'm not a capitalist, but I want to move to the next thing and I want to have funds to do that. And this is like the best I can come up with. And then, see, if I did have a normal job, I'd have to go work my normal job all day and then come home and still be overwhelmed by everything, still having to hear the crazy nonsense that happens around me that I can't control and feeling even more hopeless because... It's a lot of energetic exchange throughout the day to have to deal with people and deal with things that you don't actually fucking care about. The things I care about are right in front of me. They're my my little fur babies. And then I find myself very interested in creative stuff and then hearing the stories of other people's existence in hopes of finding some sort of relationary factor in the media to satiate the part of me that feels very, very alone and unrelatable. So, um... Maybe probably not the most cheery of New Year's posts, but because I still have hope, even though I feel the hopelessness around me, I think that this is a great way to record how things will evolve maybe from this point on because I said it out loud and I know what I don't want (laughs) and I do know what I would prefer and like better uh even if it is in a bit of an abstraction (sighs) um yeah okay so I'm gonna go pace some more and find more shit to throw in the trash that is trash and things that I can put in the donation bag and I'm going to make sure that the trash bag is fully filled before I take it out to the trash can The trash goes out on Wednesday, so I've got two days I can start 
shoving things in things. Alright, maybe I'll come back later and talk if I feel like I have some insight, but... back to Mescaf. Welcome back to Mescaf. It's uh, 7.55pm. The 1st of January 2024. I recorded earlier. I felt like I had to be quiet because the house was super quiet. And, uh, you know, if I can hear other people doing shit, they can probably hear me. Uh... So the situation is kind of weird and strange. Come on. Hi. Uh, earlier before I came out, I was asking Journey, well I was talking to Journey and seeing what she liked. And these songs came into my head that are not like my normal. Journey, excuse me. Pay attention. She gave me a whole new world from Aladdin soundtrack and Willie Nelson um, on the road again. My feelings of just disassociation um, are really, really kicking my uh, mental space with, you need to fucking leave. You need to fucking leave. You need to get out of where you're at. And I think that's cool and everything. I, I'm in alignment with that vibe and everything, but where do I go? Where do I go? Because, uh, some degree, if I'm being candid, uh, I stay because it's affordable. But the quote-unquote affordability is actually just draining me. It's not a mutually reciprocal situation of give and take. It's just surviving. I... I'm so sick of just surviving. Just like going along to get along. I talked a little bit about the hopelessness that I've been secondhand imbibing in and how prevalent it is. And Here's the thing, right? Despite having 
have had a past of domestic violence and mistreatment. And now experiencing that through the walls of other people. Uh, I want to fix it, you know? Like, I wish I could just fix it. And I've tried to research what I could do to help. But really, I can't do anything. And yet, in that acknowledgement of knowing I could do absolutely anything I wanted to fucking do with my reality, I don't want to be the person who starts that program that people need. I'm not interested. Uh, And that sounds horrible. It sounds like a person who could but won't because they're lazy or something. But it's, it's not because I'm lazy. It's because it doesn't bring me passion. Like, it makes me angry, but not angry enough to, to like, go fucking invest my own money or whatever into changing stuff. Banana? No. Not your- Nope. Not yours. Hey! Not yours. Come here. I want the solutions, but I don't fucking know how to get them. And, quite honestly, I don't want the amount of responsibility that any of that requires. Hey, nope. When I was younger, and I had more energy. I wanted to change the world just like any way I could. And if I would have gotten passionate about something like that back then, who knows what it would look like today. But in my current reality, I've realized that, um, a lot of nonprofits and supposedly <clears throat> positive social organizations are actually just ways to launder money and make people feel better about themselves because they help public services or something. But they aren't. They aren't helping. They aren't helping the way that they want you to believe that they are. And when people start getting down on exposing uh, the paper trails on some of these places, you'll, you'll start to see it. And you'll be like, wow, I can't believe that that was a charitable donation that I made every year for the last 20 years. It's like people learning about how goodwill they're like independently run and uh, the people at top really are the people who are making a lot of money and 
kind of exploitative because they basically market using um, handy abled people developmentally just delayed or I don't even know what the common thing for referring to people that they hire are but like they hire probably like 20 30 percent I don't know I don't know statistics. I shouldn't talk about People want help, and what is being shown to me through the universe is like, you cannot look toward organizations to truly help you, because everything is built on a structure of how it benefits whoever the helper is, and... Organizations have a checklist, and the more boxes you check for the organization, the more funding they get, which means more money on your head for them under the guise of them helping you. This is why I try and avoid certain kinds of help, is because it's not unconditional. It's not straight across the board. It's not even for the intention of the good heart. It's capitalism guised under charity. And uh, if you've gone through the system in various ways and you somehow upset the system or uh, not met their expectations for you, you get demoted off their list of need and it's almost like setting people up for self-destruction from what I can tell um, if you want help go get arrested go do something that will involve the court system and then plead your case and say what you need and then because, again, you are a number. There is a price on your head. Then you'll get access to more resources.
because your number on the books, the number on your head, means more money for the government. Meanwhile, I just, I, I want to see my neighbor not be in a narcissistic, abusive, domestic violence relationship. And I'd like for her to be able to step off on a good foot with her child and live a better life than she's ever known before because it sounds like she came from shitty beginnings and this is just par for the course. But I'm ready to leave. I am ready to fucking go. I, I, I need help too. I don't even know. I do have the experience in my life of getting help in just the right way when I need it the most. And this neighbor, she's given up. And I don't blame her in the sense that, man, me just trying to research how to help her showed me why she's hopeless. I even told her, I said, you might not believe the doctrine of a place, but maybe just go to a church or spend a day going to many churches and being transparent and saying this isn't my religion but I need help because churches are like after the government they're the second place that a person who is um, down and out or underprivileged should historically be able to go to and get some sort of help but when your help that you need is having to humble yourself to admit that you've had a bad past the situation you're in is horrible it's just humbling and I don't think a lot of people want to humble themselves more, more or less, uh, even be acquainted with humbling actually is. And it's crazy because I'm thinking about all these churches that probably get a lot of money, especially around this time of year, it helps the people who need help. And congregations and churches are dwindling. So they probably have excess. I don't think that help should be reliant on your belief. But you have to be willing to ask for help. You have to be willing to put yourself out there, which is the humbling part, is to go to a place that you, you would otherwise not go to with people who have more than you and tell them your situation and hope for the best and the reason people don't just go do that is because they're probably afraid of being proselytized too which is crazy right like I don't even like being proselytized too I grew up in the church I was kind of like pushed into trying to be evangelical even though I didn't go to an evangelical church but like going out there debating the Bible with other books that people had and like just really 
fucking impressive kind of Christian dialogue forcing or trying, attempting to coerce people into a belief structure. I'm a bit ashamed of that now. Uh, But it's crazy because it's like if you know yourself and you know you don't believe that, you're definitely not going to go ask those people for help. But those people have a lot of resources and a lot of help to give. And it's super unchristian, in my opinion, if you're going to hold those resources above people's heads just because they don't believe what you believe. We go back into that Jesus doctrine, you know? Jesus was hanging out with people that were not like him. And when you separate, you know, religion from the government, the government has a different standard to base your worth off of. And um, you break it down even more depending on who you deal with on any given day to try and help your situation and their mindset and their mood could totally be the gateway keeping you from getting assistance quickly and promptly and not. I'm very aware that every day it hasn't been fair and it's apparent that something wants to keep it unfair. And so maybe we're moving into the deconstruction of the hierarchy and why it should appear that some people are worth more than others or deserve more than others or are entitled to more than others when we're all essentially the same. And that's going to be a fun one for humanity to really deconstruct for themselves individually and together. We're already into it. We've already been there for a long time, but like it's reaching the pinnacle point of the have and have not bread and circus illusion. to show me at least and you know when I see these things and I talk about these things out loud uh, other people will or are at the same time touching the same base people start talking about how getting help is hard and how the places we were taught to go to to receive help are selective about the help that they want to give. Uh, We're going to start breaking through some other illusions that people have been upholding historically because they have been the harbinger of, you know, safety. It's just, it's a fun time. Fun time in reality. 
Hi, welcome back to MessCast. It's currently 9.17 p.m. on the 1st of January, 2024. Um, 9.18 is my number, so there must be a reason I'm being called. Oh, oh, you're asking what I want? What do I want? I'll tell you. All right. <clears throat> this recording is 1,197 over the course of many years, over many devices. So this might not even be the only 1197 that exists. Weird, right? What do I want? I want the fact that I acknowledge that I've been recording and sharing for a very long time. And I want it to benefit me. Not in that, ooh, I'm going to benefit you and then I'm going to rip your life apart kind of way. But more the... We see what you're doing. We see that you're consistent enough. And yeah, you deserve to thrive. That's what I want. I'm trying to like hone in on and uh, amalgamate what I might like to do in regard to creativity intersecting with other people. There isn't one single instrument that I own right now that I want to get rid of. Not one. I want them all. And I want many people to touch them. And I want them to touch them and be in proximity to me while we talk. Like, I just kind of want to hold space for creativity and people being themselves. And given my arrest development, uh, I'm guessing that the part of themselves that I will bring out will be very childlike. And who doesn't love that? What could I see? Let's just let's just play. Let's just play. Just play and imagine. Alright. So you got like um it's like a funky cool curved desk area. It's like maybe in the shape of a sheet uh C the letter C. It's a curved desk. So you can be on either side, but have this connective middle that is curvature and not straight lines. And what's cool about the curvature, where you are not, you can have hidden 
instruments. So it's like this whole thing of just having conversations about things and also being given permission to be disruptive with sound through the instruments that are around. And like, if you know somebody really well that they're, they're going to be on the show, like, you know what they would like and you know what they wouldn't like. And you also have a grasp on what they don't know about. So you give them a little bit of everything. If a person is not musically conscious, I don't I don't know what the title is for what I'm seeing in my brain. If they're not inclined to the musicality and they have no grasp really also a little bit of everything but in a different way then you have people who just like love everything and only have a few hates you give them 100% things they don't like why why would you do that in any of these situations? Why would you give a person who's okay with everything, everything you know they don't like? Basically, it's recognizing that they are amazing and that they can do something with nothing and everything with anything. And even if they don't like something, it doesn't render it useless to them. In fact, a certain part of the negative aspect of their feeling toward it will build up energy to make them even more resourceful as to how to use it. Everybody else is just like wishy-washy and when I say wishy-washy I think of a washing machine and I think about agitation and I think about what agitation is in regard to a washing machine and when we think about a washing machine we think about it primarily washing so agitation is the motion to move particles particulates out of the fibers to clean it it's a little aggressive but it's good overall the person who just can do anything with anything but doesn't like certain things finds agitation within those things and if it's the only thing you give them they won't abandon it. <laughs> They'll try and master it in a different way. They'll try and figure it out so that it fits them. And in that process, 
it's probably likely that they will hate it less and love it more. But somebody who only likes a few things and hates a few things and gets a little bit of everything will just gravitate toward what they like. That's where they'll go. And that's what they'll put their energy into and completely ignore the potential of imagination they could be curating by engaging themselves with the things they're not normally gravitating toward or openly admit they don't like. The person who's a master at pretty much everything and doesn't like something is also going to go toward the things that they like and feel mastery of, even though they have the complete capacity to dabble and explore and expand upon that which they don't like. But if you have a choice, why would you gravitate toward what you are not inclined to? There's something I'm picking up on right now that's interesting with the humanity of people. We've all been given the opportunities of these three beings. The things we do like, the things we don't like, and the things. And then we add in the elements of the things we do like because we're good at them. The things we don't like because we're not good at them. And all the things because they're curious. And some of them we're good at. Some of them we're not good at, but we want to be better at. And then the malaise of things we just really don't care about. They don't relate for whatever reason. We are all weaving in and out of these waves of the things we do like, the things we don't like, and all that exists, the things we're good at, the things we're not good at, the things we want to be better at, the things we keep trying to be better at and fail at, and then all that exists. And then we have, like, the hyperfixation of, I'm only good at this, the hyper disassociation which is I'll never be good at this that middle wave which is still like I don't really care like I'm not hyper invested I guess in how good or bad I am at things I just like what I like and I do what I do and I work with what I have And then you go to like, I keep trying everything 
and one thing worked once, but it never worked again, and I feel like I'll never find placement again. And then this little straggler over here is just like everything I've ever tried has failed. And it feels very unfair that I still have desire and pursue my desire only to feel and experience this massive amount of disappointment. And here we are again. What? I don't like this. This definitely tells me that we do not live on an open playing field. And yeah, I'm 43. You didn't have to tell me that today. I've known it for a long time. But the disparity. Is that the word? Um, between the experiences and desired experiences. That's rough. I feel like I'm the person in the middle. And as I'm explaining this, I'm looking at my right hand and I'm explaining them with my fingers as I look at them. Like, I'm that middle finger. <laughs> I try a lot of things. I like some things. I don't like some things. And, uh, sometimes it's easier than others, but I cheat, I just keep going, and the funny thing about the middle finger is, you know, in hand language, not sign language, hand language, that's the one that stands strong when you tell somebody else to fuck up. I think the middle finger is the one that absolutely knows how to ride all the ways. And it can be confused. It can be disconcerted. It can be disassociative. All these things. But it's surrounded by these other partners that seem to think that they know what's going on. But none of the other four can flip somebody else off and silently say, fuck you, I'm on my way. <laughs>